Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hi there, and welcome to The Inevitable. This is our new podcast where we're talking about the future of the car. This means everything from electrified vehicles to cars that drive themselves. Where are we going and how will we get there? I'm Johnny Lieberman from Motor Trend, joined by... Ed Lowe, and we are going to talk to some amazing guests. We have Reggie Watts, we have Sung Kang, we have James Marsden, we have Spike Ferriston, Kristen Lee, Derek Jenkins, a whole bunch of actors, celebrities, car crazy folks, people from in and outside the industry. It's going to be great and you can find it on podcast1.com or anywhere you find you listen to your favorite podcast. We're also doing a video series as well. That's on motortrend.com slash the inevitable or on youtube.com slash motortrend. Come join us. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We've got an interesting episode for you today. We're going to get a recap of Goldberg's experience in Saudi Arabia for the big WWE match. We're going to spend a few minutes on that, and then we're going to get into some car news, Ranger, Raptor, Acura Integra, and more. Before we get started, a word from Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, Add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Welcome back. Big trip, big match. I saw you got a Where little uh, got a little boo boo on your head there. <laughs> Which one? That, yeah, that one there. Yeah, that's a, that looks like a fresh one. <laughs> yeah, I just shaved it off. <laughs> it, shaved the nice ab that had uh, had formed <laughs> off in the shower. But yeah, yeah, and I don't even remember where I got that. When usually that's kind of the story. Ninety uh, percent of the times I get hurt, I don't remember. I, I yeah. saw I saw clips from the match. And, uh, and then I saw, you know, I saw a little bit of the blood from the head. I was like, I, you know, I know Bill, I don't, he could have hit his head coming off the airplane and it just reopened in the match. I don't know that this is the cause from the match. I was like, who knows what, maybe the overhead bin <laughs> or something because of the travel yeah, schedule. I, 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 hey, on the way back, I gigged myself with my, uh, with my backpack. <laughs> And I'm bleeding all the way down my hand, and people are looking at me, you know, already like I'm some kind of a mass murderer. And then I got fresh blood dripping down my fingers. Yeah, you know, I wear it well. That's all I can say. And yeah, ninety percent of the time I don't get ninety percent of the time I get hurt is not in the ring. So. It's not in the ring. All right. Well, uh, we've got Chainsaw. some <laughs> right on on the ranch over there. Um, We've got some car stuff to get into, but uh, just tell us a little bit about the trip. I mean, travel is a, is a crazy thing, and uh, you did a couple social media videos from from what you thought was Riyadh for a quick moment, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm so tired, I was. Oh my god! Uh, but you you've been to Saudi Arabia. You've done the events there a few times. Um, tell us a little bit about that adventure. Now, you know uh, prior. Each time we go over, it's, uh, seemingly it's a different route. It's not only a different route, but a different vessel, right? So, I mean, you know, it's it's nice to be able to fly to fly a uh, a jumbo jet, seven forty seven, you know, big wide body, yeah, yeah. two two aisles, and you got a bar every other, you know, twenty feet that separates the cabins, and that's fantastic. Uh, which is what we've taken prior. This time we took a. Uh, uh, I won't mention the airline, but we chartered again, and it was a 76-seat plane, single aisle, all business class. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, don't get me wrong, except for the fact that each leg, you know, which averaged over five hours apiece, had one meal per leg, uh, and but they had an unlimited amount of crisps, which I <laughs> found out, potato chips, and it, it was it was a debacle. All I can say is on the way back, right? 
um, which everybody's looking forward, you know, no matter where you are. I don't care if it's Hawaii. If you're gone for a period of time and you, you need to get back and you want to see your family, you want to get back. So everybody was excited. You know, a lot of the people had to go back, get on other planes and go to Monday Night Raw. So, I mean, I'm, I, I can't truly complain because I was kind of finished when I was done. So, but I had to get back to see Gage. Uh, anyway, you know, you go to the F, we, we leave right from the match, which was, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. We, we got out of the arena. And then uh, we get to the FBO. We wait a couple hours at the FBO. We load the plane. We get off somewhere in, in Ireland. And it was so freaking windy in Ireland. <laughs> that at, the, at the terminal, uh, I mean, we're swaying back and forth. And I thought it was a, a great sign because I thought we were pushing back. But no, it was just the freaking wind. It was crazy. And uh, let's see. Then we get to Ireland and we have to get off of the plane. And then we check. We, we have to go back through security and literally get back on the plane. Well, as I stated before, uh, each leg was, was, you know, there was one meal served. So after the matches, we're all hungry. There's nothing to eat there. Then we get on the plane, one meal, and then we land in Ireland. And fortunately, we had about an hour. Um, unfortunately, it was late at night. And unfortunately, it was an extremely small airport. But they did have like one place that was open for food. They had a bar and they had food. So, I mean, yeah. at my at my age, I'm going to pick the food. There's no question about it. Everybody else, 90% of everybody else picked the bar. You know, <laughs> they, there's a sandwich in every beer, they say. So, um, so I, Bobby Lashley and I get there first. So the, yeah. literally, you know, two, two of the largest human beings that are on this flight um, that are carnivores. And, and we've been doing nothing but, you know, looking at each other like, what can we eat on this plane? So we get there and, and it's a, it, honest to God, the, the, the serving area, which is set up like a cafeteria, you know, they've got food here, food here. You, you ask what you, they ask what you want. They put it on a plate, a plate you put it on your tray and you go on. Yeah. It, there were like three, it was, it was three trays wide. It was that small. So they had, I think it was like 15 eggs over easy or something sitting there and all this bacon and sausage and potato cakes or whatever it was, um, hash browns. And Bobby and I literally ordered all of it for the both of us. <laughs> yeah. Give us the whole thing. Okay. We were starving. We knew what was coming behind us. We knew we, there would be no opportunity for seconds and you know, uh, um, I'm selfish. So, uh, <laughs> We ordered all that, and, and they went the ring us up, and I said, oh, by the way, there's about 74 other human beings like us right behind us, like 10 minutes behind. And I'll be damned if I didn't look around the corner, and here they come. And <laughs> Just they up. have nothing left. They have no eggs. They have no nothing. And so the lady, I told her, and she flipped her lid. It looked like her eyes popped out on, you know, <laughs> a Pee Wee Herman's yeah. Big adventure, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And they started frantically throwing food around, man. It was it was classic. But you know, we get and then we get back on the plane and there's a paper, there's a there's a document issue. And so the, the airport's so small, I don't know if they even knew what email was. So they had to physically run papers back and forth, and that was two and a half hours. And then they get on the plane, finally close up the door, and uh they they make a statement that uh, not only did they have unlimited crisps. Crisps. <laughs> Unlimited but, for uh, who? For a normal person? For 74 exactly. wrestlers? <laughs> no question. So, uh, unfortunately, we had a headwind, and so the the this portion of the flight was nine, nine hours oh my gosh. with one meal. And so, you know, man, it was... I took some video on the plane. You know, I was fortunate enough to be in the first seat and have an empty seat next to me because of my claustrophobia, but... Uh, man, I took some video and I looked, looked at it yesterday. I am completely incoherent. I, I don't know. I didn't know where I was at the time. I was so, so giddy that every single thing was funny. And, uh, you know, not to mention we got two babies on the plane, which they were fantastic. They didn't drink much. I mean, it was great. So, uh, and, you know, you have a limited amount of cargo that you can put on this thing, too, because right. you're going so far. you got to have the gas and the weight and everything. So, man, it was it was uh, it was I, I don't want to equate it to, you know, slavery by any chance of the stretch of the imagination. But 
It was miserable. And then, and then we sat on the ground so long, I had a three-hour layover in Charlotte to get back to San Antonio to get back to the house because Gage had been there all day by himself. And we ate up all of that layover. Yeah. So we had to look for alternate flights, and the alternate flight gets me in at 11 o'clock that night, and I'm stressing. And so long story short, uh, I, I, I didn't get hurt in the match, but I did pull my hamstring running from customs to catch my flight <laughs> from, from Charlotte, Charlotte to San Antonio. Made it back home. Spectacular. Wanda got home the next night. Uh, you know, that was three days ago, and I, I'm just coming to right now. How so, many... I mean, how many secret miles did Gage put on his Bronco while you and Wanda were both out of town and he was left alone? Do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> you got the keys of that thing with you? <laughs> I hid the keys. They're in the safe. The Bronco yeah. itself isn't even on the property. I put it in storage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I had a buddy of mine to stay here. That's you right. Because he still got his permit. He still got his permit, right? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, his mom, who was in Canada, had the physical permit with her. So oh, he, he okay. couldn't, couldn't drive. Couldn't I, drive hid the keys to e- I hid the keys to everything except for Wanda's truck and the Range Rover. So, yeah, yeah I, I knew I was safe. So your your trip when you when you guys do this long event now the crew that sets up that runs broadcasts everything for WWE they're there uh, in advance I don't know how far in advance but well in advance so now you guys are you're on this chartered plane and it's just it's the entire talent roster is it just like seventy four WWE wrestlers seventy something well, wrestlers. Man, I- I'd say like 60 because we had some of the office on the plane. But yeah. yeah, it's it's 90% of the wrestlers. Now, you know, a couple other guys chose different routes of transportation. But, you know, I could have taken commercial, but then there was two six-hour layovers where you got to wear a mask. On the plane, yeah. on the yeah. charter, you didn't have to wear a mask, you know, so – um, that, that was the, that was the kicker right there. If I would have been on a nine and a half hour flight and had to wear a mask, I, I would have exploded. So, right. Yeah. I listen, it's, it's a hectic thing. Um, the whole travel of it. How was, uh, how's, how's Roman Reigns? How's Roman? Well, Roman's a great dude, man. Hey, this has I, been know, a long time coming, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It would have been nice for me to do it in my forties, but, uh, I had to do it with 55. I think they planned that out so he had more of an opportunity to be able to beat me. But, um, you know, let's be perfectly honest. He, I would have squished him 15 years ago, but now it's a different story. I'm 55. I do two matches a year. What am I going to do? Come come in at the, one of the bigger pay-per-views, and I'm going to beat the, the, the WWE uh, Universal Champion and take the belt home with me for right. six months and right. then go, come back champion. So. I mean, hey, I, I don't write the script. I just kind of follow it. Well, kind of follow it. And, uh, you know, the fact is, is that, like I said, man, one of the reasons why I came back is to get back to the business. And if I can set Roman up and make him look like a million bucks going into WrestleMania against Brock, then that's my job. Um, you know. You know, what do you, what, what do you say to the fans? Uh, you know, there's, there's some – some rabid fans, some hardcore fans, they're fantastic. They're they're the lifeblood of 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 WWE and all of the performers there. But you know, things have changed over the years. I don't know, 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, things have changed to the point where the fans, especially with social media and the internet and everything else, there's much more of a peek behind the curtain now. So fans know you know, you have a limited contract. You're supposed to wrestle twice a year. There are some caveats they can call up and go, will you do this? Will you do that? And you guys agree on it or not. So it's not a hard, you know, twice a year, but that's what the paperwork says for now. So when you when they announce a match with you and Roman Reigns and there's a title on the line and the fans go, yeah, we love Bill, but we know Bill can't win this because he's not obligated to wrestle again. So, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. Like, what do you say to them? Just say, you know. Well, I'm again, I'm again behind the eight ball, you know, really. I mean, not only, not only do a plethora of people understand what the outcome will most likely be, um, but, you know, I, I obviously had an extremely short period of time to get ready for it. Yeah. You know, come up yeah, yeah. COVID. You know, I hadn't trained in three months. I have COVID when, when I get the phone call to go. 
Um, I, I literally had two weeks in the gym to get ready yeah. for this. So it, it's it, it. What people don't understand, and it will come out in the documentary, is that it, it's tough to do that as a twenty-year-old. It's even more difficult to do it as a thirty-year-old, a forty-year-old. Eh, it's almost impossible. A fifty-five-year-old. You know, it, it's it's. I'm one of the 0.003% of humans on the planet that could pull something like that off. But in doing it, it's very tough mentally to keep yourself in a positive space because you're, you've got so many negatives going against you, right? And then, oh, 90% of them understand, you know, what the storyline is going to yeah, be. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm fighting a, an uphill battle the whole way, but, it, you know, um, at this point and throughout the years that I've been able to do this in a, a, a short schedule, um, you go out, you do your job as best as to your ability. You don't, you, you can't contribute to the, the creative of the outcome because that's not my job. Right. I just go out and try to perform, you know, the best job that I can and hope that people can appreciate it in some way, shape or fashion. Now, these days with social media, you know, things are, things are different. Everybody, Back in the day, wrestling was extremely interactive, right? When somebody had a chance, they, they, these fans couldn't wait to get on board with it. Now, you got schmucks that want to be the person that yells during somebody's chant, right? To, <laughs> to completely change the, the narrative, right? And, and then they go on social media and go, hey, I was that schmuck that did that, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and try to get some validation there. So it's a different crowd. It's, it's a different, it's a little time. bit different crowd, but a you little know, bit, it's I, a lot of it different. Believe look, me. I, you go in and you put on the best show that you can. And, <laughs> and that's what I would say. Just enjoy the show. Like maybe you've been on social media, you got to peek behind the curtain, you know, what's going on, you know, what the outcome of the match is going to be just because of, you know, what we said. So just enjoy that match. That's a fun match to do. And then you get to go, Hey, you know what? It's been years. I never got to see Goldberg live or, you know, during, you know, my time in life, I never saw Goldberg, uh, you know, uh, uh, wrestle, you know, I was, I've been a long time WWE fan uh, from back of the day. I saw Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Macho Man Savage. I saw all these guys in the ring. And, you know, then life and job and things happen. And I hadn't gone to a WWE event for the longest time. And uh, as a big fan of yours, as a fan of Steve Austin, as, you know, as a fan of uh, Randy Orton and, and this, this crowd that I haven't seen live, I was like, we're going to go because I don't know how long you're going to be doing this for us. And when we went to, uh, to Vegas, it was a great opportunity to, you know, to see you. And then of course to see Gage in the ring and all that, that's fun as well, because who knows if that'll happen again. So just enjoy the show, but yes. And then the rest of it, you can get into, you know, you got to keep in mind too, the, the, the young players that go in and do this week after week, uh, you know, they also have to, play i don't know play the game or do the dance or do whatever but they have to support the company right so they go in they perform week after week but then after each event they have to do the meet and greets and all the sponsors and the advertisers and photos and and right and they don't really kind of get to like go home and take a shower and grab some food like they're literally doing that you know, grabbing food in between meet and greets of sponsors and stuff of a bunch of guys that are there paying the bill and they just want to go and have a drink with the wrestlers. And the wrestlers are like, yeah, but I'm dying here. Like, I really am hurt and I'm starving and I haven't, you know, I haven't, it's been two hours it, after the match. It's a, like, it's a, a job. It's, it's a, a job. job. It's a so lot. many things entailed to it. You know, it's like, I once said it's like being a rock star slash professional athlete, right? So you got the physicality of being a professional athlete but you have the visibility of being a rock star. So anywhere you go, you're always, people always come up to you, which is an absolute honor. But it, it, you know, when you have to be on, right. If I, if I didn't feel good one day back in the day when I had to do all that kind of stuff, I just wouldn't go out of the house because I don't want to, I don't want to miss people to misinterpret who I am or who my character is, which is an extension of me. So it, it's tough being on, all of the time. And for those guys and girls who are pounding the pavement right now, uh, we all did that to an extent. Yeah. So I mean, it's paying their dues. Um, it's, it's, uh, 
and yes, they always have to do, they always have to be careful about making sure that they're in a positive light with their work. And it's, it's a tough responsibility, but Hey, it's a job, man. And people choose to do it. And so you got to do it to the, to the, to the best you can, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I love the show that everybody puts on. It's fun. It's exciting to see. It's great to see live. And I appreciate you going out there and doing it and limping your way home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully there's more that we can see. But um, if not, then I just want to say thank you for giving us a great show over the years. So we do appreciate that I appreciate well, as a fan, I appreciate that as a friend, I appreciate that. All right, we're going to get into some car stuff. I just wanted to talk a little bit about that recap because it was a big trip. There was a lot going on. Um, before we uh, before we get uh, started, let me tell you about Fume, the natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes. There's no smoke, no vape, and no nicotine replacement for the hand to mouth habit of smoking. It's made of 100% Canadian maple and uses cores infused with plant oils. Studied to curb cravings. All flavors are 100% natural. There's no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. You know, there was over 50,000 customers around the world already and thousands of five-star reviews. So quit naturally with Fume. Head to breathefume.com slash carcast and use promo code carcast for 10% off your entire order. You're going to save on cigarettes and you aren't buying. You're going to save on the cigarettes that you aren't buying and save on the initial purchase of Fume as well. That's 10% off your entire order with Breathe Fume. It's F-U-M dot com. Breathefume.com slash CarCast. Use code CarCast. Quit naturally with Fume and use CarCast to save 10%. It's Breathefume.com slash CarCast. All right. So we we had we had four hundred and fifty four hundred and fifty six <clears throat> sheets of insulation delivered the other day. Yeah, uh, when you're on your road trip, uh, your little road well air trip, uh, they were jamming on the garage, getting work done. You came back to uh, some some movement. Yeah, they got all the the uh, purling up, so all the wall structures are up. 99.9% of the roofing is up the original or the, uh, the bottom layer. Uh, but like I said, we got 456 slats of, uh, of insulation to go up and that's just for the roof. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. We've got another three truckloads for the walls, but yeah, man, it's, it's moving along really well. Um, I left to, to Saudi for like four days. They got a lot of work done. And lo and behold, I land. It's 88 degrees. And the next day, it's 30. And so they're not here today. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all good. I can clean up the work site and get all the nails off the ground. But it, it's, it's getting exciting, man. Everything's under roof now. Um, it, it, it's taken shape. And uh, I, I got a couple other sponsors on board. And that's exciting. And it, it's, been, it's been bitching, man. But now... As you know, <clears throat> it's 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 go time. It's, yeah, uh, it's the stuff really makes a difference now. What they're doing. Yeah, well, it's, they're going to be cranking away on it, and as the weather gets better, there's going to be some hot days for sure. But uh, yeah, just uh, crank away before before that. You know, I mean, I hate to say winter again, but before that rolls in and everything freezes on the ground, and you can't you can't do anything. So we kind of. I think it could be done. That's the whole point of a lot of the the prefab strategy. I think helps out a lot as far as timing. You know, I you know I'm not sure when they're supposed and to. The, and they getting the roof on. <clears throat> I mean, at least they can work inside now <clears throat> with uh, some some type of cover. It's like a it's like a giant eighteen thousand square foot carport. As it yeah. looks right. But it's uh, man, it's it's bitching, man. I'm having a great time. So I'm, I'm the I'm the general contractor now. I've slipped into a new role. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, all right. So the big news this past week, I'm sure you guys have seen it, is the Bronco, um, sorry, the Ranger Raptor. Uh, Ford has revealed the 2023 Ranger Raptor. There's a new Ranger coming out, and they did the Raptor as well. Um, it's got an upgraded, you know, updated look. It looks fantastic. Uh, what we know about it is the three liter EcoBoost V6, the twin turbo V6. It's going to be 
I believe 392 horsepower and 430 pound-feet of torque. Now, they're saying the Bronco Raptor was supposed to be around 400 or a little bit more than 400. So I guess that I kind of want to do like Ranger Raptor, Bronco Raptor, and then Raptor, F-150 Raptor. Uh, sort of, I guess, how the lineup would, would be. I, um, oh, I can... All I, can, all I have to say is this. <clears throat> they can make every one of their vehicles a Raptor, <clears throat> but five of the top wrestlers in the history of the world all drive. Yeah, yeah. Here. TRX. Eh. You know, I heard all, all wrestling's of, All of them. Hogan. <laughs> Hogan. Yeah. Austin. Goldberg, I'm not in that group, you know, but I'll just throw my name in there. And 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 uh, one of the cur- the current top guy, I actually am hooking him up with one that I saw yesterday at the dealership that now has his name on it. And so yeah, you know, Raptor, 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 <coughs> T Rex. That's yeah. all I can say. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, for the for the new up and coming WWE guys, you can get the Ranger Raptor. <laughs> and the Ranger Great Raptor mysterious. is uh, uh, it's going to have the ten speed automatic transmission. It's going to have an active exhaust with four different modes in it, um, including a Baja mode, which uh, I think is self explanatory. Um, they're doing this anti lag system with the with the turbos on the engine. It keeps the turbochargers spinning for up to about three seconds when your foot comes off the gas. Uh, so as you're, I don't know, either doing high speed or even low speed stuff, it keeps it keeps power on in the power band. So I'm curious to see how that feels. Uh, I, I imagine it's it's works fairly well, right? That's why we're we're talking about it and why it's a feature that they rolled out. They must have figured out a way to make it happen. Um, you know, now keep in mind with the Raptors, the mission has always been more of the high speed off roading, right? That's kind of been the thing for Raptors. There are other vehicles and F one fifties and Broncos and, and, and that do more of the rock climbing, but the Raptor was always meant to be sort of the high speed off roader. Not that you couldn't do the slow paced off roading, but that was kind of the point. Well, we're see with the with the Bronco Raptor, right? We're going to yeah. see if they the alterations to that to make it more apt to uh, be the the slow speed crawler than actually. The so what we were talking about while you were gone is the Bronco Raptor. We believe is again fitting the bill of like sort of the high speed one, but there may be another version of the Bronco. I don't know if it'll have the Raptor name. But be outfitted for more of that low speed rock climbing capability. Right. So I don't know. It could be sort of like a King of the Hammers edition or something along the lines of that. I don't well, know. I wouldn't want to be in a two door Raptor uh, Bronco and be hauling. <laughs> hauling <laughs> ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As far as the suspension, the upper and con- the upper and lower control arms are are, are made from aluminum that to reduce weight a little bit. Um, both of uh, it's a little bit more, a uh, little more travel, a little more ground clearance. It has the adjustable Fox shocks. It has the two point five inch live valve shocks with the internal bypass. That's all standard on the Raptor. Um, it. Uh, you know, it's got all the good stuff that you would you would expect with it. Um, there's seven modes. There's the normal, sport, a slippery mode, rock crawl, sand, mud, ruts, and Baja. Uh, and it alters, you know, shift points and, and all that stuff, uh, as you'd expect. I mean, look, there's still a rock crawl mo- mode in it. It's not like they're taking that away. Um, you know, it's going to have the 12.4-inch digital instrument cluster, the 12-inch touchscreen, the 10-speaker B&O sound system. Uh, it's going to have all the goods. So it, it's a nice upgrade for, for the Ranger. The new Ranger will have a lot of this stuff, and then the Ranger Raptor, of course. Uh, expect the fourth quarter of this year. Pricing hasn't be, been announced yet, um, but uh, I guess – 
I guess dealers in Europe are going to get it a little before we are, so maybe the, the end of this year, and then we should be getting it uh, next year, But which is still sounds weird to me. But at this point, for the past two years, all we've been talking about is trucks and cars that are two years out. So Ranger Raptor, whew, you can go buy something and lease it for 18 months and then get your Ranger Raptor when it comes in because everything is so slow. Ironically, I was talking with one of the wrestlers, uh, and they. What else are you going to do for eighteen of, hours in the air? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and they, ironically, were the first person that I've talked to uh, that ordered a Rivian. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, they're supposed to take delivery of it fairly soon, but I I didn't know the general public had orders out yet. But he uh, he's pretty excited. Yeah, it's um, they. I haven't driven it yet. Uh, they seem interesting. Like I've mentioned before, they have an office here in Venice, California. I don't know if it's a design or a marketing thing. Um, and I pass it every day. It's every time I'm going from my warehouse to working out. Uh, I pass by their office, so I'm starting to see more of more of them on the road, going up and down Abikini and on Venice, and you know different employees or VIPs or whatever that are driving them around. And you know it's it's interesting, it's eye catching that that front with the light configuration. Uh, you can you can definitely see that coming at you, and you know it's a Rivian. Uh, I'm hearing good things about it, so I, I'm curious. And now, I has Alistair had one yet? I uh, yes, I think they he has driven one, or someone on his team has driven. We'll have to talk to him a little bit more. But they've, and I believe Edmonds has one on order. And knowing Edmonds, they were able to put together some sort of deal to get one of the early, whatever the next wave of Rivians being delivered to customers or whatever you want to call it. They're a customer, but also they're a media outlet. Uh, so that'd be kind of interesting. I want to pick his brain on that as well. I'm curious to hear because we talked about that thing for so long and it was out in front of everyone else, right? So I'm, I'm curious to see how it compares with what's out there. So not as big as the F-150 Lightning and certainly the Hummer EV, uh, not as big as that. I think it's about Ranger size, but it could be like a little, say. like a slightly in between, like a little bigger than Ranger maybe in a, and smaller than F-150, noticeably smaller than F-150, but maybe Ranger-ish size, I, I wonder. So as what I'm seeing it down the street, it is. It looks to be like a decent size, like like most of our kind of midsize SUVs, two row SUVs, like that kind of size, mm-hmm. uh, interior wise and width. Um, so, sir, when you see it in LA, you're like, oh, that's a that's a good size vehicle for LA. Like you can park it, but it still has storage and it's got all the neat features and the pass through, which. You know, I've seen people step on. You can use it as a step. I don't know if you're supposed to, but I think you are. <laughs> we'll see if those things break off or not. But uh, the other end of the spectrum is the Hummer EV, and we've got some specs on the on the Hummer EV. You know, when, when GMC announced it, they said uh, like it's like a year ago. It's a Super Bowl commercial, like a year ago, and they announced the EV. They said a thousand horsepower, three hundred and fifty mile range. <laughs> Uh, and then over the you know over the past year we saw a crab walk and all kinds of cool features and it and it looks cool. They did their their EPA testing and submitted numbers to to the EPA and they actually came in at a slightly lower number. They're saying three twenty nine miles is where this thing's going to come in at, and it's it's really just because of the weight. It comes in at 9,063 pounds. 9,063 pounds. Now, it does have... an F550 or something. It it does have the largest battery available in a production EV vehicle right now. It's a 210-kilowatt battery. The battery alone uh, is... 2923 pounds. It's almost 3000 pounds. That's more than what than my cobra. than my 93 Cobra weighs. Not even <laughs> not even your little Cobra. My my Fox body. That sack oh, Mustang God. I just bought weighs less. Uh I think it's yeah, it's probably around there. It's probably about 3000 pounds, but 
yeah, so it's 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 big, it's heavy. Uh, the three twenty mile range. Now we know it's going to be inefficient. What I mean by that is it's going to take a lot of juice and some time to charge that huge battery to get 329 miles of range. But it's a big, giant, ridiculous, fun, over-the-top, you know, electric off-roader. Uh, uh, so I don't think anybody buying this thing is going, oh, I, you know, it's racking up my electric bill. Like, we we know it's racking up your electric bill. We, we know that. <laughs> Any manufacturer gone to supplementing a recharge with solar power? Well, I mean, in theory, Tesla, because they bought Solar City, I think it is, the other Elon Musk company, and the idea is is uh is to have more solar power. Look, I mean, we can we can get in this at another time, but the reality is, is, is for whatever reason, the government or other powers outside of us consumers are saying, oh, EV is where it's at. Entire countries are going toward EV, and and car manufacturers now are getting pushed into EV, and it's interesting. And there's great performance aspects, but at some point, when everyone's driving all of these EV vehicles, the the next big push is going to be. Hey man, uh, we need infrastructure. We need a power infrastructure, not just to charge the vehicles, you know, on the street, but like we already know in California, the shit show our power grid is. We don't, we can't really store power. Uh, it, you know how we're generating power, and talk about the pollution and the shit show of a mess it causes to to, to create power. So the next big thing that's going to come down from the government going, we need to do away with all of this made power and focus more on like the solar power aspect. And it's going to be pushed to my prediction. I'm guessing my prediction is going to be, it's going to be pushed back down to the consumer, right? To the taxpayer consumer. And what I mean by that is the way the government is saying no new vehicles after a certain date can be internal combustion engine and needs to be EV. That's what's going to happen on all new construction builds. They're going to say, you can't build anything new, a house, a building, or anything without some sort of solar power, right? And it it doesn't have to be completely off the grid, 100% standalone, but there's going to be some threshold. They're They're going to say something like, every new house built has to have enough solar power to generate 35% of its usage by a certain year and then 50% and then 80% by a certain year and a certain year in the future for new houses that are built. Retrofitting is, is let's just face it, that's sort of a, a wealthier game right now. If you've got money, you can retrofit to solar power and stuff. But eventually it's going to be, hey, all new houses. It's going to, you know... Anybody, any builder out there, if you're building a custom home, you probably want solar power anyway. And if you're building a custom home, chances are you can probably afford it. But the builders that are out there and building massive amounts of homes and track homes and entire communities, uh, that's not going to fly. They're going to say, everything's got to be solar power. Every one of these houses has to have solar power and they're all going to feed the pot, right? Otherwise, we're just going to be stuck with a bunch of EV cars that we can't really charge because it's going to cost a fortune. And it's going to be like, hey, I don't want to plug my car in because it's the, it's the electric equivalent of $7 a, a gallon <laughs> gasoline, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know? yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's, eh, that's just kind of, that's kind of my thought. But until then, you know, get your EV Hummer and, uh, <laughs> And and enjoy it because it looks fun and it looks badass. <laughs> you're gonna drain your house, the power in your house going twelve miles, right? And then <laughs> and then of course all the EVs are going to become more efficient. We knew this coming down coming down the pike. We knew that EVs were going to get uh, software upgrades, more efficient batteries, lighter weight vehicles is going to be the biggest thing. Carbon fiber uses, aerodynamics, things like that. It was interesting because we had mentioned before that Ford had even said with the Mustang Mach-E, they said it's a little overbuilt. We have a lot of battery cooling. We have miles of wiring and stuff in the vehicle that 
we probably don't need. We can start making things a little more efficient. So as we expected, the 2022 Mach-E, which is, you know, it's not a massive change. It's just sort of few changes, you know, uh, under the skin, has getting some mileage increases, right? Uh, from about 17 miles uh, up to, you know, no change at all. But, you know, the rear-wheel drive version of the car is going to get a 17-mile increase in range. The 13, uh, the all-wheel drive version is going to get 13-mile range. And then the extended range ones will get a little less. Uh, and then the you know, the GT models won't really get that much uh, of a change, but because they're already like milking that battery for the high performance GT version, but the regular version, they're saying, well, there is some capacity in that battery. And with a little software tuning, we can turn that into range with the GT. They're like, we're turning it into performance, but add it to range. So anyway, a little bump in, in, uh, in range. Now, I don't know if current owners of the Mustang Mach-E can get an over-the-air update and get that range bump, I imagine there's some mechanical things happening. Again, like lighter weight, less less stuff under the skin. But maybe there's some sort of over-the-air update where they can get five or six miles range instead of 17 on the new vehicles. But uh, I'm surprised yeah. at the top of, top of your news feed you didn't mention that cargo ship. <clears throat> you know, I um, we we got on the cargo. So last week we had Ron Caps on the show, by the way, and I went out to NHRA and, and saw saw everybody out there. Saw the Jegs guys, saw Caps, saw uh, you know our friends out there. But um, on shift and steer as well, we we talked about the cargo ship um, that uh, is on fire. It's burning out there. They can't drag it in because the fumes and 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 last we reported on this, which was. Uh, Shift and steer last week, but it was recorded just a few few days ago. <laughs> it, it's VW, right? It's VW Group, so Volkswagens, uh, you know, uh, I guess Bentley, Porsches. Uh, but the issue was they don't know exactly what caused the fire. Now, some headline said the electric cars on the Taycans and ID4s uh, caused the fire, um, but. If you read the wording, it's a little misleading. We're not saying the vehicles caused the fire. What we're saying is when a fire broke out somehow and reached the electric cars and then they turned into lithium-ion battery fires, that's where the issue came in because they didn't have the proper equipment on board to put out this, these battery fires. And that's why everybody had to abandon ship and they have to let that thing burn until they figure out what to do with it. And they can't bring it in because it's fumes in the air and, and, and stuff. So uh, I guess it's still burning. Um, and uh, they, they don't want it to sink, right? That's the big issue between battery, chemicals, and other things. So they're trying to figure out a way to keep this thing afloat. Uh, but I guess... You know, you also got to make it safe to board or put out the fires. It's listen, it's definitely a mess, and so I guess one of the things that needs to be addressed at some point is again just the result of progress is now all of these cargo ships are going to have to be outfitted, Mike, with fire suppressant systems that can handle EVs, right? Can handle batteries. I'm sure all of these ships have fire suppressant systems that are antiquated with sprinklers like in all of our modern builds, but nobody thought about carrying, you know, a hundred thousand pounds of batteries <laughs> in there. So yes. then there's that. <clears throat> yeah. And then I don't remember what the what the, the total estimate of cost, like damage is is going to be but the lost cars lost inventory the ship you know everything else it's it's a mess it's super unfortunate i don't like to see it nobody likes to see it but uh but it it's 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 hard it's tough to say but it's like until sometimes these things happen we won't be able to prevent them in the future you kind of need one you know like now we're hoping 
there's a lesson to be learned here, right? This isn't like an oil spill. And then we're like, yeah, we keep having those things and we still don't know what to do about them. <laughs> I was like, I, I, haven't we learned the lesson already? You know, well, we've got to watch the commercials with all the little birds being soaped down. I was like, all right, come on, let's, let's stop, stop with the oil spills already. <laughs> and I know there's been some technology changes in that and how we're cleaning that up. But yeah, I think this is sort of the eye opener as far as, as as far as uh, all the batteries and stuff, right? Which, you know, we're not going to get into another conversation. I think we need an expert for this. But what are we going to do with all these goddamn batteries? <laughs> surely, surely not favorable to put them at the bottom of an ocean. No, we don't want to put them at the bottom of an ocean. <laughs> I mean, we can recycle them, but they're not 100% recyclable yet. They're recyclable to a point, and we're trying to make that better. How do we go to, like, whatever we're at, 70%? How do we go to 75%, 80%, 90% being able to be recycled and you know to 100%? And who, who knows? So what I can take from that story is do our, our, our normal fire trucks retrofitted with something that can put out a Tesla if it catches on fire? You know, th- th- that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that's going to be the case everywhere, but I think there is an education process happening or could easily happen with a lot of firefighters and going, you know, you've seen this before you're seeing, we're starting to see things like battery backups on houses and a lot of electric cars and hybrids. And, and there has to be a thing where, you know, the firefighters are going, well, what if we do if we can't get into one of these electric cars because it has the flush, you know, door handles that didn't pop open and, you know, they're supposed to pop open on an emergency. Like what's, you know, what do we do there? And then, yeah, what do we do for an electrical fire or a battery fire? And, you know, or what are we using? You know, do we have extra chemicals or something on board to suppress that? Not just the big hoses that we tap into the water grid, you know, like what else are we, are we doing? I'm sure they're, they're figuring out, listen, I'm sure they're figuring it out more in California than most other places because we got so many of these, you know, these cars out here. And I mean, I mentioned Tesla because of the door handle, but we've already had hybrids and Priuses and batteries all over the road for, for quite some time. So there's gotta be a, I don't know. We got to look into it or ask somebody or ask a firefighter. I'm like, hey, what do you guys do about all these electric cars that are going to catch on fire? <laughs> yeah, going. Uh, uh, you know, and again, it's not like it's a flaw in the car. It's just like car accidents happen. Things happen. And it's inevitable. It's yeah. Um, anyway, so kind of just moving down the list. We talked about the Acura Integra. Those of you that are interested in the Acura Integra, we've got a little bit of uh, information on how to get on that list. Uh, prices are going to start at around 30000 bucks. The reservations for the Integra open up next month, um, March 10th. So if you go to the Acura website, I believe you can sign up now for the interest list. It doesn't obligate you to anything. You're just signing up saying, I'm interested in the car. And then... On the 10th, they should send you an email and said, if you're interested, now you can place your reservation or you could probably just go there on March 10th. But if you want the reminder, go to the website. If you're interested in the car, you can sign up and they'll, I guess they'll, they'll keep you in the loop. Um, I'm sure they're going to have it at the Grand Prix of Long Beach. That's going to be coming up sooner rather than later, coming up in, uh, in April. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, that's it. I wanted to get into this. Uh, the more of this uh, Chevy Z06 engine because as the car gets, uh, I don't want to say delayed. Um, it's not been delayed because they haven't really announced anything. Uh, I was at Barrett Jackson and talked to everybody at Barrett Jackson that I knew, and I was like, you know, guys like Ken Lingefelter and and people from GM, and I'm like, hey, so when's this new Z06 coming out? And they're like, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like when you get an order in, if if he doesn't know, then nobody knows. That's right. And he said he talked to guys at GM, and nobody's given him an answer. And uh, reservations list, I don't think has been out there. You same thing. Like GM's doing with Acura is, or Acura's doing what GM's been doing. You can sign up. You can get on the interest list, but nobody's gotten an email yet saying 
we're going to start accepting orders on a certain date. There's a deposit. There's there's none of that. So the interest uh, list was just yet another another way to delay people. It, it is catch so their, inter- their interest and then delay them for another period of time so that then you can place an order and then be delayed for another period of time. But it's hey, it's not. Uh, it, 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 it's not just that manufacturer. It's everybody. It's right? everybody. That's the thing. It's everybody. But in the meantime, they keep releasing more and more information about the car, right? They do these, you know, these kind of like town hall, like sit down meetings with the engineers and, and, you know, you can have a half a day conversation just on the engine. And, you know, they're telling the story about how they bought the Ferrari four five eight, which is the naturally aspirated V eight flat plane crank. And, I, I believe they bought like a smashed one in Europe for 28,000 bucks, which is a great idea, just so they can come back and just take that engine apart and say, well, what's Ferrari doing and how do we want to do it differently? And, uh, you know, because the, the flat plane crank engines, uh, they sound great, different firing order, high RPM, lighter weight crank, but a lot of vibration and and what is everybody doing to quell the vibrations? What is Ferrari doing? Ford had to do a lot on the GT 350 and the 350 R. You know, so GM had to, to figure out how to tackle all of that as well. You know, we can get into all the specs on this stuff at a later date. I'm everybody's reading about it. What are they doing for heat management and, titanium valves on the intake and sodium you know filled valves on the exhaust and changing the shape of the intake manifold by putting you know basically there's butterflies almost like throttle bodies in the intake manifold to shift the torque range so on this naturally aspirated engine how do you get low end torque and then power on the on the top end right uh, so there's a lot of really really cool things happening on with with the engine i think there's titanium rods and uh, some pretty cool stuff, but how do they end up getting 670 horsepower and 480 pound-feet of torque um, and doing it at uh, at at a crazy RPM? A lot in the racing, uh, um, the uh, C8R race car, a lot of that development came out. I think they started on this engine in 2014. They started thinking about this engine and, and, and uh, putting it in place. Uh, anyway, it was just kind of a kind of kind of a neat thing. Um, and then, how is it going to perform in a car? Perform in a car that's going to pull one point two two Gs. Uh, you know, dry sump oiling, plenty of cooling. Remember the previous Z06 uh, in the C7 had a lot of cooling issues. People were taking them out and tracking the car, and. Uh, and coming back and going, yeah, this, you know, it's dropping off performance. It's getting too hot. It's not, it can't be out on the track that long. Chevy's like, lesson learned. We are going after it. As a matter of fact, they put so much testing, track testing into this thing to making sure it doesn't overheat and the cooling sufficient. In addition to that, they've completely rethought the air conditioning system to develop an air conditioning system that you can run the car on the track all day with the air on, and they tested it in a hundred degree uh, uh, weather, like in the desert. And they said, "What would a track day, a hundred degree track day, be if you were out there all day with the air on?" And Chevy is saying, "We are confident you can take this thing to Phoenix or 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 Nevada or you know or even California and do your track days." And run the air on the whole time, and then drive that thing home. That's kind of impressive. They actually said it's not the same it, air conditioning system. It, it in the may C8. be impressive, but how many drivers are you going to sacrifice one to two, <clears throat> or even five horsepower, right? Yeah, by having the comfort air and and wanting to get in front of the guy next to him who's got the air crank, and he's like, okay, I'll turn it off, and then I'll be able to get in front of him because of performance. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you could use it as like a nitrous button. As you're hitting that straightaway on Willow, <laughs> you turn the air off, you see that car start shooting down, <laughs> you know, but then the guy's dying in his, in his seat. Well, look, if you also think about like all of the cool, like – 
uh, driving schools and driving experiences like Speed Vegas. They get the Corvettes and stuff out there and the Ferraris and the GT500s. When you're out there with the instructor, yeah, roll up the windows, turn the air on and have a conversation, learn how to drive. I'd much rather roll up the windows and have people learn how to drive than roll down the window and go off the track. (laughs) No question. (laughs) so before we get off, I got a car question for you, yeah. for the viewers and the listeners, right? So, you know, I'm building this uh, 2019 Gladiator concept vehicle out of the 68 M715 Willys, yeah. right? So the question that I have right now is, do I go 1,000 horsepower Hellcat, you know, uh, derived motor, or do I go turbo diesel Cummins, Okay, right. well, my first question would be on the thousand horsepower Hellcat. Do you have already or access to a Hellifant engine, or would it be a Hellcat that you guys do your 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 package? It's a it's a demon derived. Okay, Hellcat. I only so ask because the Hellifant was limited and has like a, a production number and so a limited uh, a number to it. So I would say for exclusivity. If you had a okay. elephant, that's cool. Don't, Without don't. the elephant, I'm uh, just talking about performance and coolness. Yeah, right? I mean, there's pluses and minuses for each, and I'm just curious to see what people think because I think I've never had a, a, a diesel. I've never had one tuned up to where these things can be tuned up to. And I know, like I said, there's pluses and minuses, but this may be the perfect vehicle to put one of those six seven Cummins in out of a Ram. And, and juice it up a little bit as opposed to, you know, doing the normal Hellcat build, right? So, yeah. So, just, I, just thrown I, out there. you know, I would say my opinion, my thought on it would be you have a plethora of Hellcat engines and vehicles all around <laughs> and in various vehicles from the Challengers, the Chargers, the TRX, various horsepower levels. So, uh, it's easy to go out any morning and pick a vehicle and enjoy that engine. Um, so maybe do something a little different. I would say, though, is you've got to do it clean. No more rolling cold. You, everyone's going oh, to jail yeah. for that shit now. You know, like, you can't even post. Like, Diesel Brothers can't put up a video no, because... I ain't no, doing none of that shit. No. If, I, if I can't go clean with it, I'm not even That's it. Do, it. do it smart. Do it the right way. And I think I think the diesel engine would be interesting. Look, at the very least, it'll, it'll be something that you don't have. Right? True. And, I want serious performance out of it and i know it's obviously going to be heavier i know the torque is going to be there for days and i know that i can i can you know spice it up with a tune with various tunes and and other options but you know uh i'm and i think that's i truly believe that's the vehicle it should be you know if if i have anything like that it's got to be in that and all i got to do truthfully is just take a drivetrain from an existing you know Ram that's 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 pushing that six seven, yeah, and it makes it a lot easier. Also, uh, so I, I mean, it's, the the drivetrain is going to be completely altered and customized anyway. I just think it's a cool idea. Um, Go drive a couple you- of the diesel Ram trucks. Just start there. Just start driving. Uh, you know, just you know, I'm sure Dodge or somebody will send you, or probably got some neighbor around there that's got one. But uh, drive the diesel trucks yeah. and see how how. <laughs> how you like it, how it compares to what you have. I mean, maybe there's something there that you like. Maybe there's something there you're like, it's just not, you know, it doesn't, doesn't feel right. I mean, the TRX that you have now is pushing a thousand horsepower. It's the high speed kind of fun, you know, vehicle that you can come blazing down your, your driveway in your, your mile long dirt driveway. Uh, so the, I, I kind of like the idea of diesel. I think it's different. Um, it's not something you currently have, and uh, we've seen some pretty badass diesel vehicles. But just go drive a diesel Ram and see how you like it to to start. You know, just yeah. the sound, the feel, all of it, and then of course imagine it hopped up with you know fifty or one hundred percent more horsepower. I don't know, and torque, <laughs> and and twin turboed instead of single turbo. Yeah. I, I just kind of a thought there. Looks at you know our our friend Gail Banks. He's done a lot there. He does very very clean stuff. He's compound boosted. We've had that conversation. He's got the turbo and the supercharger, and then he put them. 
he switched them up. Supercharger first, then turbos, then turbocharger first, then superchargers, and he's mastered all of that already. Uh, and 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 building these things as as crate engines. Now I don't know that he's doing the 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 Cummings diesels, but uh, but he's a, he's a he's a guy even worth chatting about. We should even have him on the show and pick his brain a little bit about this same question. You know, I mean, he's going to make an argument for diesel, but he might at least tell you why. Except no. that's what I want to know. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners out there uh, have both also. So I'm just curious for some feedback on that. I think I know which way I'm going to go, but. Yeah. We, we... Yeah. Listen, it's a good thought. I'm, it, it, you know, people that uh, have the high horsepower, high, uh, high, you know, big power diesels. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, all right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. And uh, until uh, next week, thanks so much. And keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Of course, who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.